Friends. 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 Hi everyone and welcome to Friends Till the End. Your one-stop shop for all things friends. I just dropped some Meisner technique on you there, Elizabeth. Jeez, Michael, where did you learn about Meisner? Oh, I'm I'm a classically trained actor. Oh, oh what was his first name? I can't hmm? remember. Meisner's first name. I mean, those who have any respect for him at all just called him Meisner. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking You know, about. I called him Maestro. Maestro? Mm-hmm. Mm. Maestro Meisner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Yep. It's the podcast that talks about Friends episodes. Like so many other of those TV recap podcasts out there. But ours is special. Ours is special because we talk about the classic sitcom Friends. Right. It's been a while since we've been here. Yep. Although to the listener, maybe not so much. It's probably only been a week. Mm Mm-hmm. But for us, it's been so long. The summer is a tough time for our friendship, isn't it? It's it's so tough. I'm Michael. Did I say that already? I don't think so. Okay, I'm Michael, and that's Elizabeth over there. How's it going? You can't wave. People don't <laughs> see you waving. I Come wanted on. to wave to you. Have have a a modicum. Is that the right word? A what? Have a have just the semblance of some professionalism, please. Hello, everyone. There we go. We've just finished watching. Season 3, episode 11. The one where Chandler can't remember which sister. Hmm. It's a title that invokes many possibilities. Indeed. And and yeah, I think it delivered. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a good episode. It was a good episode. It's yeah. a one that I don't remember too well, but yeah, I enjoyed it. That was good fun. Yeah, I like Chandler. I like when things focus around him. Oh, you do? Yeah. You think he... Would you say he is the main character? No, Ross is the main character. Ross didn't have anything to do this episode. He's the main character. Ross is the antagonist of this episode, He's if anything. the main character. It's funny that you're sticking to your guns on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll get to talking about the episode in just a moment. Before we jump into the episode, um, we've been away for a while. There's no Ask Elizabeth questions because we've alienated our fans by going on a <laughs> summer holiday, so nobody wants to know anymore. We're starting from starting from zero. I love to ask Elizabeth. Well, we'll bring it back. We'll, I think it's just good to have some regular features that we'll throw in along the way. All right, what we got now? Well, now I want to debut a brand new feature called Friends on Film, Ooh. in which we talk about a movie that we watched recently that stars one of the casts of Friends. All right. So we're going to talk about a movie we watched just just a week or so ago. Do you remember? You seem to you're, you're looking at me blankly. Let me let me give you three words. The breakup. Oh Lord. <laughs> I pushed it out of my memory. You're gonna make me think about it now? Yeah, yeah. We recently watched The Breakup starring Jennifer Aniston and Vincent Vaughn. You know what? We didn't watch it. Did we even finish it? Yeah, we finished it. I know why you think he didn't finish it, because the ending is like the most anticlimactic, weird like the the, the credits start rolling basically like right at the end of a conversation. It's so weird. And so we're talking about her performance in it? We're going to talk about the film, The Breakup. So it stars Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, and they're a couple, and we get like a nice little montage as it opens up of them kind of enjoying their relationship together, but then things turn sour, because he just wants to be a guy, just wants to drive around Chicago, making people laugh with his tours, 
and she wants something else. I can't remember what. Can't remember what she did. I can't remember that you remember. She worked in an art art. She worked in an art museum. Oh, an art gallery. An art gallery. Yeah. With uh, Justin Long. Oh yeah. I mean, I knew we were in trouble when like the opening credits had Vince Vaughn. Justin Long and Jason Bateman. I should have been like, oh man, this is going to be... What's wrong with Jason Bateman? Jason Bateman, I like him in Arrested Development, but he's not... The only thing he's been good in, I think, is Juno. And even in Juno, he plays a complete dick. Well, then, yeah, he did his job well then, if you think he's a dick. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I just mean his movie output has, has not been stellar. Right. Well, this was not a great movie to get involved with. No. It was horrid. I think it was kind of sold on because I believe Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn were dating at the time that this movie was made. So I think a lot of the publicity off the back of it was they're a real life couple. Because this must have been after she broke up with, with Brad Pitt. Oh, oh, right. Oh, dang. So, like, they were following all this celebrity stuff. Yeah, you know, this was important back in the day. I guess so. So, the movie we didn't like. Nope. The movie is garbage. 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 Steaming garbage. But is Jennifer Aniston bad in it? She's just what she is in everything. The same... You think? Yeah. Totally. She's just Rachel Green in The Breakup. She's probably just... She probably doesn't act. She's just probably just her. Wow. (laughs) What about Vince Vaughn? You like a bit of Vince Vaughn? No. No. He looks like a right doesn't he I just uh, yeah no I don't like him and I remember he was in an episode of Sex in the City one time and he was a dick then too oh yeah yeah okay ugh it's the worst yeah it wasn't a good movie would this movie have been better if we had if there were more friends in it but then it would be about I think it's hard to cast multiple people from a different thing that right but take that out of the equation just say like you threw in a Matthew Perry. No one can save this film. It no was, one can save this film. No, it was like a runaway train. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was really bad. I, I, I did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I did not care for it one little bit. So, yeah, friends on film. <laughs> well, I got a friend who, like, loves it. Or not loves it, but I got a friend that, like, it's his guilty pleasure. And he's like, yeah, you stick that on, that's good times, man. It's oh, all right. Weird. And it's like, there I mean, is there is nothing... There's nothing to take from this. We were just looking for something easy to kind of watch, and it was just hard. Yeah. It, it was, was a hard watch. We it, had to keep pausing it, like, can, can we get through this? Should we finish it? It was really long, right? We took a break from it, too. We watched something else in between, just, yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. just to help out. It was rough. It was a rough watch. We all have our guilty pleasures, though, you know? Yeah. But it shouldn't be that. So, yeah, Friends on Film. Mm. Great new segment. Hopefully it's only up uphill from here. Right. Gonna watch Scream after this. Who's in Scream? Courtney Cox. Hmm. Okay. You don't like horror films, though. So. Nope. Well, we'll see how we do. Alright. Shall we jump into the episode? Yes. Alright. So as I mentioned, season three, episode eleven, the one where Chandler can't remember which sister. First showing. January 9th, nineteen ninety seven. Woo! It's a new year, yes it is. Ninety seven. Ooh. What do you remember about nineteen ninety seven? I don't know, maybe like elementary school? Yeah. I started high school that year. What? Yeah. 97? Yeah. Oh, wait, your high school isn't ninth grade, though, when you start, right? I don't know what that means. Like, you are we have, 15. So we have, no, no, we have we have primary school, which is seven years, which you begin when you're five. 
So you do primary one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and then you go into high school around about eleven or twelve. Oh, okay. So then that makes much more sense. How many years are you in high school? Four. Four. Huh. Nine right. through twelve, but some some have it where you start in like seventh grade. So there's some schools that are like K through six, and then seven eight by itself, and then nine through twelve, or it's like K through eight, and then nine through twelve, or <laughs> K through 6, and then 7 through 12. Why is this so complicated? Why can't you just do one thing for everybody? This is America, Michael. This is just like... We complicate everything, just for fun. So what's middle school? 7th and 8th grade. Or 6th, So a separate school just for two years. Or 6th, 7th, 8th. What's elementary school? K through 6 or K through 8, depending on the school district. But mostly K through 6. Why? Why, why can't seven, it just all be one thing? Because like fourteen-year-olds and six-year-olds, they don't—they might not think it's the best idea to have them all together. Right. We don't either. I don't know, Michael. This is dumb. This is dumb. Well, it's America, of course. Mm. It's dumb. All right, fine. Okay, so nineteen ninety-seven, we will continue on our game, which I'm winning on guessing the the ratings for this week's show. Uh huh. I believe I'm winning two to one. I won the last one. All right, three to two. Then I'm winning. Whatever. We'll just say it. Um, the last episode, the one where Rachel quits, had 25.1 million. Do you want to guess first or second? I'll guess second. All right, I'll go... Um, I think I'll go 24.3. I'll go 25.6. All right. Let's see where we go. Oh, shit. What? They just jumped up to fucking 29.8. What the fuck? Why? Winner. Winner. That doesn't win, make any win, sense winner. whatsoever. Winner. Winner. Where did they just find four and a, uh, 4.7 million new viewers? It's a new year. Yes, it is. It is, but why? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, the episode opens with Joey doing a card trick for the gang, and it's rubbish. He's like, pick a card, any card, and then he just like sneaks a wee look at it and puts it back in the deck and goes, oh, it's the five of hearts. And everyone's like, wow, Joey. Because they have to basically treat Joey like he's... Um, a child? A child. Mm-hmm. So good for you, buddy. How on earth did you do it? Um, and then we hear people or person clumping around overhead of Monica and Rachel's apartment. Guy just walking around. Clump, clump, clump. We've all been there. We have. And Phoebe's just like, God, this guy, what the fuck? And Monica and Rachel are like, yeah, we've gone up to yell at him, but he's just too charming. We can't do anything about it. So Phoebe's like, well, we'll see about this. So she goes up to confront him um, to, like, tell him to step lightly. Yeah. Or maybe take his shoes off. It feels like an overreaction. Well, I think it was the fact that they were like, well, he's just too charming, so he can. And she's like, well, no, feminism. So I'm going to go up there and talk to him. And I'm going to straighten this out because you guys are too weak. But the the guy's allowed to walk around in his apartment. Yeah, yeah. Like, all they have heard is footsteps. It's not like he's, like, jumping up and down or blasting music. Like Yeah, well, I guess they said that the carpets were taken out. Right. So now it's all hardwood. So everything yeah. is much louder. And yeah, it sounds annoying. like he was wearing, you know, dress shoes or heels of some mm-hmm. sort. Like, he was that loud of clumping. But what's he... The guy's not allowed to wear shoes in his apartment? I mean, he could get a runner. One of those long... You know, like, he could get area rugs to help mask it. At times. Yeah, but he shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to, no. Mm-hmm. But, or you can take his shoes off like a normal human when you're inside your house. For 
Two and a half seasons, Elizabeth. We have heard this gang do nothing but cuss out Mr. Heckles for complaining about him complaining about the noise. We've gone full circle. They have become Mr. Heckles. A few episodes back, Chandler was worried that he was going to be Mr. Heckles. I know. But it is Monica and it is Rachel that have become Mr. Heckles, complaining about the loud, charming man that lives above them. It's got to be so annoying, though. So annoying. What are you going to do? But what can you do? Like... Not live in a... It's not reasonable to ask him to not walk around in his apartment or to take his shoes off in his apartment. Well, she went up there, didn't she? She did. She did go up. And so you can kind of hear the murmurings. Yeah, you hear like the talking. knock on the door and he goes open the door. You can hear like the door creaking open. Like they're really yeah. going going full pelt with the sound effects budget in this episode. Yeah. And then you just hear the... Like conversations through a wall. Yeah, you're like... And like at first you hear... But like we don't see them. It's still in Monica and Rachel's apartment and... You know, they're all like, yeah, Phoebe, you tell her. She's like, and the guy's like, presumably has a martini glass in his hand. And she's just like, oh. Yeah, and they just start to hear her being like, hmm. Yeah, this is fun to recreate. And they're like, no. We should just do the rest of the episode like this. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's the, the episode opens with like, Monica and Rachel just being like, oh, Phoebe, she's getting charmed by this charming man. Yep. Good song. Excellent song. <laughs> and the episode opens. And we continue to enjoy Monica's facial work in the opening credits. Yeah. Where she's like... You can't do that, Michael. No one knows what you're doing. That's true. She kind Come of like... Come on. Can you remember the context in which it happens? She just kind of like widens her eyes weirdly, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember. Are you asking me if I remember something about yeah, past friends? True. No. The gang, they're getting in on it. And there's still little nods to Dr. Richard Burke. You see Joey with his cigar and you see Chandler with his mustache. It's just like, yep. I miss that guy. Yeah, sorry, what's, man. What's he doing now? I don't know. And the episode opens. Chandler arrives in the apartment. He is feeling glum because he saw Janice and now he's jealous. And everyone's just like, cheer up, there's Joey's birthday party tomorrow. And he's just like, mm, whatever. Come on, it's your best friend, man. At least be excited it's for true. him. Yeah. The fact that it didn't seem like he knew it was his birthday, too. He is in his own little world right now. I guess. He just doesn't have time to, to care about it. Yeah. We then cut to Rachel's new job, which she worked so hard for in the last episode. Yep. It, it's the weirdest looking place. It's like... There's some very... It's Fashion Tower. It's <laughs> it's Fashion Tower. There's like an old sofa bed that Rachel's sitting on. And there's a few things, a few articles of clothing hanging on the wall. And then there's like a little coffee area and then mm-hmm. like a desk. I don't... Elizabeth, you don't understand. This is Fortunata Fashions. She's in the big time now. Okay, well... Her boss comes in and is like, you know, I I recognize your talent. Well, first of all, he walks in the room and he immediately expects to be handed a cup of coffee. Like, she has to, like, leap up and pour him a coffee. Yeah. The coffee is already made as well. It's like, her job is to transfer it from a large receptacle into a smaller receptacle. Well, the thing is, he mentions that he recognizes her talent and wants Mm. to be able to give her more opportunities to work directly with fashion. She's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you. So he walks over to a storage closet and opens it. And it's literally my nightmare on the inside where it's just like, oh God, like uh, metal hangers 
millions of them just everywhere in the closet. There's no rhyme or reason. You let out an audible gasp when that door opened. You were like... <gasps> it's just... You, like, recoiled just, in horror. It's a disaster. It's so disorganized. <laughs> you now. You're, like, rubbing your hands. You were, like, so stressed out about this. I'm just thinking this. about it. Like, oh. how, who let it get that bad? So, you know, they had 25 metal hangers. They just throw them in and close oh, them real quick. there's more than 25 No, I know, but, like, at a time, they just keep throwing them in there. Yeah. And so then, you know, her job is essentially to organize them. Look, Mr. Fortunata, he is a fashion genius. He does not have time to concern himself with things like coat hangers. It's like how Albert Einstein wore the same clothes every day so that he didn't have to waste his energies on what he was going to wear that day. He just had a closet filled with the exact same outfit and he would just throw that on and he wouldn't give it a moment's thought that is mr fortunata that's indicative of a neurological disorder it's also a sign of genius though perhaps okay well anywho uh that's that's uh, her job right now and somehow yeah. i wonder what she's making to pour coffee and to organize hangers it, it just must be like an office assistant or, or something but she's look She's she's in on the ground floor. Yeah. And she has zero qualifications, so what do you expect? Yeah, fair enough. Like, it's more realistic that she would be where she is at the beginning of this episode than she is at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. Um, So we cut to Monica's job in the diner. Monica's still at that 50s diner, and Rachel's just bitching out this job. She's like, I know I've got to pay my dues, but... I don't want to. Work is hard. I just want to go back to hanging out with my friends on the couch all day. No, I think she's saying that, is it worth it just to take a job where it's like 1% relative to the job you actually want? Yes. And to suffer through it just because it might lead you in other opportunities in the fashion industry? Yes. Which is kind of, I think, an annoyance to Monica because, you know, she's a chef. She's working yes. at this diner. The, the irony is lost on Rachel, but not on Monica. Yeah. But I, I guess everyone does have to work their way up the ladder, and it yeah. does start in those crappy jobs. But in the meantime, <laughs> while Rachel is uh, bitching out her current job, she manages to make a handsome stranger at the counter laugh. Yeah, he's just giggling at her, and she's yeah. like, I'm sorry, is my misery amusing to you? And he's like, well, I can relate. I used to have to like sort mannequin heads. And she's just like, okay, well, you go back to your little burger. And... Yeah. But then he's like, oh, no, but I, I work at Bloomingdale's now. And there's an open position, isn't there? If you know what I mean. <laughs> and so he offered, you know, to help her get an interview. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'll give you a call. And yeah. um, I'll, I'll let you know if I, if I can set something up. Yeah. And she's just like, oh my god, thank you so much, hooray! Yeah, it's a buyer's position at Bloomingdale's. Yeah, that's a good job. What, 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 is a, what would a buyer at Bloomingdale's do? I imagine they would buy people's lines to bring into mm. the store. So like she would call Lauren Conrad and be like, we need 50,000... Something like that. Tiki necklaces. I love Lauren Conrad I know you stuff. Do. I know you it's do. just so like girly and pastel-y and mm-hmm. nice. Okay. It's good for work. We cut to Joy's party, which is taking place in Chandler and Joy's place. Place? Mm-hmm. Yes. Flat. No, you just said place a couple times, so I was making fun of you. Alright, sorry. Um <laughs> I apologize. Party's in full swing. Does this look like a party you would want to attend? 
It's okay. I yeah. mean, I feel like if it was everyone there was great friends, it'd be nice. It's a small apartment, so mm-hmm. everyone's kind of mushed together. There's a huge bar, and then there's Chandler walking around with jello shots. And Gunther, again. Dude, Gunther's rocking white hair now. I don't know if you can tell. What was it before? Like yellow? It was, yeah, it was like a bleach blonde, more yellowy. Now uh, it's just white. Okay. I don't know. Moving up in the world. <laughs> Moving up in the world? Yeah. But he's like, doesn't matter who the, who the party's for, Phoebe or <laughs> or Rachel or Joey, he is there. He's They're the, all friends, he's man. He's the first name on that guest list. Oh, yeah, he is. Gunther. Good for Gunther. Life and soul of the party is Gunther. There's at least one guy there as well rocking. It's almost like a nod to Joey's past. He's rocking the uh, turtleneck and leather jacket oh, combo yeah. in the background. Gotta so, have one. Yeah. It's like, this is a small apartment crammed with at least 20 people. You might, you, you don't want to ditch the jacket. It might get a little bit. It's a look, Michael. Uh, I it's guess an outfit. So. I guess so. So the party's in full swing. Phoebe mentions that she's going on a date with the charming man from upstairs. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Chandler is drunk. He ate, drank. I think it's drank. Drank? Consumed. Consumed. Many. Consumed. Consumed. What are you saying? Consumed. Alright, well. You're saying consumed? Consumed. Get out of here. You're, <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Keep going. Keep going. He had a lot of jello shots. Yes, he did. He had a lot. It is the jello shot still prevalent in today's society? That feels like a very nineteen nineties thing. Um, when I was an undergrad, they had them at like frat parties and whatnot. Mm. Okay. I think so, especially if it's like a, a themed thing. If it's like the Fourth of July, you could have like red, white, and blue ones or whatever. Uh, you know. I see. But it's definitely a juvenile. Drink. Are they strong? Are they just? They can't be pure vodka. It's jello and vodka. Right. So it's not pure vodka. No, because how would the Jello? Well, exactly. Well, that's my point. At some point, somebody goes, "Well, that's just pure vodka." And you're like, "Well, yeah, well, it is. It's not mixed with any other juices or whatever." Right, but it can't be as strong as just taking a shot of vodka. No, but you taste Jello, so you can take like drink a lot of them mm. or consume. Yes. A lot consume. of them. <laughs> so it's it's dangerous. You know, it's one of those drinks you can't really tell what okay. you're having. So he's really drunk, basically. Yeah, there we he's, go. We he's in a there. bad he's in a bad place because of his breakup. Right. Rachel is very excited to tell her potential job interview to her boyfriend, her her partner, her significant other Ross. Mm-hmm. She talks about um, how this guy offered to help her out, and Ross is suspicious. Mm. Mm-hmm. He thinks that he's only doing something nice for her because he wants to lure her into the boudoir. Yes. He's only using her for sex, basically. And there's a fun little bit where, like, he sort of turns to Joey and he doesn't explain the context. He's just like, oh, Joey, do, do strangers do nice thing for, for beautiful women just out of the goodness of their heart? And Joey's just like, no, only for sex. And he's like, thank you. And it's just like, ah, that's quite funny. So do you think that's true? <sighs> a single man? It's suspicious. I don't, I, I'm not so cynical as to say that he, that they would only do it for that reason, but... There's an ulterior motive, sort of? I would find it hard to get my head around why this guy would, like, be actively trying to recruit, like, competition for him in the workplace, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Like, what does he get out of it? Like, if he had, like, headhunted this person or if he knew that this person was damn good and they were like, yes, this is going to make our job better. But this is just, like, 
he has no idea what her experience is or if she's any good at the job. So why would he, like... He could only... He could come out of it looking really bad if, like, he recommends her for a job interview and she turns out to be a complete idiot. Yeah. And the boss is going to be like, why on earth did you waste my time with this person? Like, True, yeah. Why would you take that chance? Because all he's done is heard her tell a funny story in which she has separated co-hangers. Right. So, I yeah, it's suspicious. Like, if he had had some proof that Rachel could do the job, then I would be less suspicious. So we're also suspicious. Rachel is offended. Mm-hmm. He's just like, that's oh, a nice thing. He's a nice guy. He's doing a nice thing for me. You should be happy for me. And he should be happy for her because he should have trust in her. But you can have trust with her and still be, like, suspicious of his ulterior motives. Yeah. And it doesn't help with Monica being like, he's so dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, enough of that nonsense because Joey's sisters arrive. You were so confused. I was. Because, like, seven women burst through the door, all looking basically the same. All just, like, big-haired Italian-American female stereotypes. All wearing black, too. All wearing black. They're like, yeah, it's Joey's birthday! And we're like, yeah, the party's gonna begin now. And you're just like, who the hell are these people? Yeah. They look the same. Yes. And Chandler says as much. He's like, oh, God, I've had too much to drink. I'm seeing, like, seven of that one woman. And they're just all... Monk is like, that's the same person. <laughs> you mean that's not the same person? That's not the same person. They're all sisters. <laughs> and yeah, the sisters interact at the party. One of them talks to Phoebe about how she shot her husband. Another one, like other ones are like trying to console Chandler because he's deleting Janice from his speed dial. And he's like, oh, thanks. Oh, you have really big boobs. And Can I just say something really yeah. quick? What? I really liked, uh, with most things she says, I really liked Phoebe when she was talking to that sister who had shot her husband. Mm-hmm. She just she just says the things that I wish I could say in real life. She said something like, after she found out that this woman killed somebody, she's like, I don't know how to talk to you. And just like walks away. It's so relatable when someone's trying to engage in conversation, you just are like, no. But like, she's so well, She does, like, of any of the friends, she's probably more equipped to talk to that person than any of the others. Because didn't her, like, her stepdad shot his mom, right? Her mom. Oh, I don't know, man. I think so. Like, her stepdad's in prison for shooting somebody. Well, the thing is, regardless, I just like that. Yeah, it was good. Okay, so cut to the next morning. Cut to the next morning. Ross can't let it go. He's still going on about this Mark. Did we say his name's Mark? His name's Mark. His name's Mark. And he's just like, I can't, I don't get why this guy's being so cool. Being so nice to you. And he's just making Rachel feel bad about it. Yeah. Great, I think that's just his own insecurity. Way to take a... A positive and turn it into a negative. I know. Chandler is feeling worst for wear. He is hungover. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's worse than that. I fooled around with one of Joey's sisters and he can't remember which one. Fair oh, enough. no. But does Joey know? Joey, oh, Joey knows. Joey knows. Joey comes in. He is mad. He's like, I want to talk to you. Uh, he does reveal that it is Mary Angela. The Come sister. On. What? Come on. Mary Angela. Come on. She was the one in Sister Act. Sister Mary Angela. No. Little Blue Nose singing. No, it's not Mary Angela. Mary Clarence. Mary Clarence. Come on. All right, fine. Professor McGonagall lecturing Whippy Goldberg. It's a good movie. So anyway, Joey's mad and he's just like, well, she seems to think that you did it because you like her, but... What is the reason? Because otherwise I'm pissed. And he's like, no, it's because I, I like her and I'm not... You know. And Joey's like, yay, hooray! So Joey 
is happy at this development because he thinks Chandler's going to date his sister. Yeah. But Chandler still doesn't know. Like, he knows the name now, but he doesn't know who Mary Angela is. Nope. Nope. Phoebe goes on her date with the upstairs charming man. Mm-hmm. You can hear them having a conversation. Again, we're still in Monica and Rachel's apartment, but we can have them hear them having a conversation. Um, it kind of sounds like Joey is doing the charming I man know. during that scene. I thought it might be from the beginning. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't notice it. I only really noticed it in that scene. Oh, no, I think it was Joey. Should we look it, it up? How would we find that? It will probably be in the trivia section of IMDb. No, it's going to take too long. No, no, take a second. Here we go. No, I, I don't want to. When Phoebe is upstairs talking to the loud man, the voice of the loud man is actually Joey's. High five. Oh, man, we fucking nailed it. Woo! Well, aren't you glad we did that just to make sure? I'm I'm really, really glad. My life is better because of that. Our listeners deserve to know. We can't just be like, yeah, I think it was this. I think it was that. They That's need, how we do everything else. They we need can't remember anything. cold, hard facts, Elizabeth. Hold on. Can... Now I need to look up whether... Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn were actually dating. No, no. <laughs> we'll it's not going. that important. Okay, so yeah, it sounds like Joey, and then like things turn like intimate, and they're like, hmm. Yeah, and it's then awkward. Rachel and Monica are like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they try talking really loudly, like, oh, I finished a book. Cool, what was it about? Let's just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and off they went. Yeah. Chandler is trying to let Mary Angela down gently. Of course, he is handicapped by the fact that he doesn't know what she looks like, so he plans on writing her a letter. Ross tells her that's a, Ross tells him that's a terrible idea. He should just go to the house and ask for Mary Angela, and when she comes to the door, there you go. Bob's your uncle. But what if Mary Angela answers the door? Well, that is the risk that he's going to have to run. Okay. So he does that. He knocks on the door. It's bloody Joy that answers. So Joey's like, come on in, come on in. And he's like, okay, but I need to talk to Mary Angela. And he's like, yeah, she's just in there. I have a question. What? Uh, do they all live together in one house? This episode is painting very heavily with the old stereotype brush. So I think they are going to have you believe, you know, the Italian family is very close-knit. Everyone's good and together. The daughters live under one roof until they get married off to somebody. So, yes, I think they're trying to posit that they are all living together. Yikes. But maybe not. Maybe they're just all there for a family dinner. Yeah, fair enough. Because Joey's there. It's like Grandma's house or whatever. Yeah. Although Mary Angela must live there because that's the house he went to to ask for her. Anyway, so basically Joey's like, yeah, she's in there. On you go. Go through. And Chandler goes in and they're all there. Ah! And they're all wearing red this time. Are like, they? Can't... Yes. Uh, well, like, he did she... mention earlier in the episode, yeah, I thought she was wearing a red dress. So maybe that was to like throw him off. But yeah, bad luck. So what we get next is a, an awkward dinner party. We're, we're treading the boards. We're almost in the territory of classic farce. <laughs> Nobody really knows what's happening. So Chandler is trying very carefully to figure out who Mary Angela is. So he keeps on like asking, table, ask, asking questions to Mary Angela to the whole table. It's like, Mary Angela, did you make this? And the grandmother keeps on answering. And he's just like, ah. Yeah. And then one of the sisters is like, meet me in the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom and he's just like, I like you, but I don't want to be with you. And then it finds out that that isn't Mary Angela. No, she kisses him and she's like, oh yeah, Mary Angela was right. You had the softest lips. And he's like, wait, what? 
And this is Mary Teresa. Mary Teresa or something. Whatever. They said it interestingly. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, well, wait a minute. So you're not Mary Angela. Who is? And then all of a sudden we see her. We finally see her. She's like, I am. Bum, bum, bum. And then she's like, Joey, Joey. And they all come in and they're like, Joey, this guy's a fucking dirty dog. He doesn't know who's who. Punch him. And Joey's like, well, I don't really want to punch him. And uh, I don't know. Because Chandler fesses up to it. Yeah. He's like, yes, I did hook up with your sister. And I do not remember who was who. They look very similar. I apologize. And Joey was like, yeah, he he's not, you know, he means no harm, really. So I'm not going to punch him. One of his sisters offered to do it, though. Yeah. And then he's like, well, you do another apology to Mary Angela. And he kind of looks around the room and he still can't figure out who Mary Angela is. So at that point, Joey's like, yeah, you can punch him. And the husband murderer (laughs) punches him right in the face. Yep. He got off lightly. You think? Nah, I don't know. Just everyone's doing the dirty on each other's family members. It's just... I guess so. It's very incestuous. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. But anyway... Thus closes the chapter on a sad chapter of Chandler's life. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Why didn't you say like story or book? Yes, well, if this was a scripted show, maybe I would have. All right. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe I'm a terrible writer. <laughs> um, Rachel is waiting for this phone call. She's stressing. Ross is like, oh, oh, oh yeah, you didn't call. I'm really sorry. Uh, she didn't get Such the call. Ross is happy, but he's still like, oh, I only wanted what was best for you. So then Monica's like, you should call him. Right. He gave her his home phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Did at this time, there's no there's no mobile phone number, so I guess it's home or office number. Yeah, that was another thing that Ross was suspicious about, too. Like, he gave you his home phone number? Mm-hmm. Which I can kind of get. Why, why wouldn't he give his work line, you know, if it's work-related? I mean, his card could have both. But at any rate... She calls, he's like, oh yeah, I left your number at work and, you know, I was helping my niece plan for a quinceanera or something like that. I don't know. It was doing a project. Well, whatever. <laughs> now he's Latino. I don't know. Anyway, um, he's like, yeah, you've got an interview. And Ross is just like, oh, God damn it. So Rachel goes off. So yeah, Ross is having a really hard time. We get our very first look at kind of yelling Ross, mad yelling Ross. This is a trope that is going to come up a lot later on. So just remember it. This is the evolution of yelling loud Ross. He's basically auditioning for New Girl. Girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's mad. Monica just basically tells him to get his shit together. Because, like, even if this guy is interested, you're insulting Rachel by, like, not trusting her. Right. Fair point. Well made. So he goes to the interview at the end just to kind of show support. He brings her... A Gerber Daisy. My fave. Yeah. Just to be like, yeah, I support you for sure, for sure. And she's like, oh, good. Well, the interview went well. And he's sorry. And they have a nice moment. But then fucking interloper Mark, who we'll just refer to as the Jacob <laughs> of, of well, this sitcom. Well, then I'm sitcom. Team Jacob twice in my life. Oh, now. wow. You're rooting for Mark already? Over Ross? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, he comes down and he's like, yeah, you got the job, hooray. And Rachel gives him a hug and Ross is like, oh, well. Mm -hmm. I just don't get, though, why is it that multiple times in Friends, whether it was like, oh, I really like Rachel and I'm going to be really obvious about it and no one's saying anything, to now this, where he's obviously has something to say about what he feels about Mark in this situation, 
obviously, he talks about it with Rachel and Monica right there, and no one points out the fact like, geez, Ross, blah, 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 blah. Well, look, Ross... It's just so frustrating. Ross is far more intelligent than Monica and Rachel. What? And he has a very dry sense of humor, so when he makes those little jokes to himself, nobody else picks up on them because they're just... They're on a level of subtlety that those... Those two just don't get. And let's move on. No, it's almost like a sort of, I don't know, it's almost like the sort of part from a play where he sort of turns and speaks his feelings to the audience, really. Like, it's not so much for anyone else to hear, but just for the audience to kind of appreciate that his inner turmoil, like if they could do a voiceover of his, like, inner thoughts, they probably would have. But like, it's just easier to have him say these quippy things out loud and everyone either pretend they didn't hear or ignore it. Do you want to know what that's called? Breaking the fourth wall? No. Well, yes, but it's it has the an actual... Menzeli technique. It's called a soliloquy. Oh, yeah. I know what a soliloquy is. We're learning a lot today, aren't oh, we? Oh, we sure are. So that wraps up Ross's uh, plight for this episode. We end with Phoebe all happy because her date went really well. And then we hear a commotion from upstairs as the charming man seems to have another female suitor who he is... Um, Entertaining. Yeah, I was saying, I was going to say writing like the Dickens, but, um, (laughs) but anyway, yes, Phoebe's unhappy with that. The guys are like, this is bullshit. We should go up there. So they're like, is he a big dude? Yeah, let's go kick his ass. So like, good guys. Their plan is to knock on this guy's door and beat the shit out of him. Just so we're clear. That's the plan. Yeah. So they will. They're defending their friends. They will all be in jail next episode if this plan goes. To plan? Yeah. (laughs) Like, if this plan gets pulled off without a hitch, if yeah. three guys knock on your door and beat the shit out of you, it doesn't matter if they're defending your friend, you're going to go to fucking jail. So what happens, Michael? I'm in what? suspense. They open, we, we hear them, and Phoebe's like, yeah, I hope I hope they do kick his ass. And he opens the door, and they're all just like, rubble, 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 rubble. And then you just hear him being like, you can almost hear him. He's like, hey, come on, guys. And they're just like, yeah, oh. <laughs> And again, the episode ends with, like, the ladies throwing their hands up in exacerbation. They've fallen for the charms of mm-hmm. the charming man. <laughs> it was good, though. I like that. Yeah, it was funny. It was a nice little wrinkle. It didn't take up very much time at all. There was just, like, three scenes throughout the show. And, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Fun little way to wrap it all up. It's a good episode. I liked it. It was? We're hitting our stride. Maybe, Season... yeah. I, I think right. I think we're hitting our stride here. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I think we're going to get there. We're, we're moving forward. Things are happening now. Rachel's got a new job, another new job, two new jobs in two episodes. I would have liked to have seen her at um, Fortunata Fashions a little bit more, a little bit longer, but... What was the building called? I think it was just Fashion Tower. Fashion Tower. Yeah. I wonder if that's real. Anyway. Sounds very real. Sounds like a completely not made up name for a, a trendy building in New York. Fashion Tower. Fashion Tower. So, yeah, that was... The one where Chandler can't remember which sister. It was a clunky title. I don't appreciate that. They need yeah. to go back to the one with the... Bleh. Yeah, agreed. Hmm. What's the next one? Well, the next one, the title, if you enjoyed Ross's arc in this episode, this one should probably right, be right up your street. It's called The One With All The Jealousy. Oh, okay. So, yeah. The One With All The Jealousy. We shall see. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like you're going to be rooting for Mark a little bit more. Go Mark. Oh, God. Well, just very quickly, saying as we're introduced to Mark, I mean, do you think his intentions are honorable? Based on what you know from this episode. Yes. Yeah? You don't think there's anything too suspicious about him? No, I think um, maybe he 
someone at some point in his life did something really nice for him to help him in his career or whatever. He's like, oh, I should do that for someone else. And it, mm. the opportunity presented itself. So, yeah. Okay. It doesn't hurt that he is dreamy, as Monica says. Do you think he's dreamy? I mean, he's... he's what I was going to say is that he's much more attractive than most of the Jokers they put on the oh, show. Oh, okay. Besides Dr. Richard Burke, of, of course. course. All right. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Woo! But until then, we shall wrap the show up. Before we get into the normal stuff, I suppose what we should absolutely, definitely do is give a wee shout out to um, Arthur Hamer, who designed our swanky new podcast logo. Yeah. Yeah, looking very swish. You like seeing yourself in animated form? Yeah, it's cool. Just sitting there on the couch in front of the fountain? Mm-hmm. It's very good indeed. He's got some awesome stuff. Yeah, we're looking professional. We're looking in the big time. Um, I would definitely point you in the direction of his stuff. He does excellent work. He's done great stuff for us, and we're, we're very delighted uh, with our our swanky new logos for the podcast. So check those out and check out his work as well at um, arthurhamer.com. So that's Arthur, H-A-M-E-R.com. And there's lots of uh, illustrations and stuff on there. He's, he does excellent work. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. If you want to help support the show, you can follow us on Twitter at FriendsPod. You can head over to iTunes or Podomatic or Google Play or Stitcher Radio. And you can listen to us there and leave us a wee friendly rating and review. And, of course, the best way to get us out there is to tell a friend, spread the word, let people know about us. Elizabeth. Yes. Our summer of part-time friendship is coming to an end. We'll be back to our regular schedule before too long. Yay. But, uh, yeah, who knows? And see you in a few weeks, maybe, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more friends. Sounds great. All right. Bye, buddy. Bye. Bye.